Hello and welcome to Michael and Ivanka's Grand Podcast, a weekly public therapy session where we talk about our opinions on big ideas, but also try and remember that we could be wrong. That's my uh, goal this week. My name's Michael Forrest. And I'm Ivanka Magic. This week, we shall be talking about kindness. Kindness, you say? What, what aspects of kindness are there to discuss, would you say? There's the, the absence of kindness that there seems to, that seems to be in today's society, mm-hmm. um, or at the moment. Um, we could talk about the fact that kindness makes you feel better, being kind to other people. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a scientific fact. <laughs> proven in trials. We'll, we'll find out, we'll dig into that. Proven in research. Things like loving kindness meditations came up. We talked about that yeah. in Happiness. Oh, and then there's nursery. Nursery tells children to be kind all the time. Mm. I get told by my child that, Mummy, that was not kind when I tell her that she has to go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> I think you'll find that it is kind. (laughs) (laughs) I think there's a power dynamic to kindness that I've struggled with. Um, I think there's, yeah, like random acts of kindness is a thing, isn't it? My grandmother was all about kindness, even though she was quite stern. No messing. Mm. All right. Um, yes. So we're we're having a bit of a gentle start to this podcast recording. Uh, we're going to do it. We're going to do it. It's always it's always it's always a bit tough to get going, and I, I didn't have a huge list. Um, no. Okay. Well, let's do this. Let's do it. How was your week, Michael? <laughs> My week was... I had a few things. The The biggest thing was Sharon was away, so I spent three full solid days rearranging my studio and trying to make it symmetrical and um, photogenic. <laughs> and I think I was successful. I'm quite excited about it. Also usable. Um, I, I had post-it notes on the wall. I was, what are the activities I do in there? What, are the, what is the nature of those activities? Some wow. things you sort of... What is the sort of dynamic between how visible I want something to be versus how accessible I need it to be? You know, lots of different questions. I bought this storage, some furniture from Ikea, and I sort of set that up. But then I had some colour problems. I had this one bookshelf that I kind of wanted to use but it was sort of the only sort of wooden thing in the room so I ended up spending like two hours I didn't want to wait for the paint to dry if I painted it black so I got some black fabric and like tacked it on there which took forever but then I didn't have to wait for it to dry afterwards so the <laughs> the front of it looks very nice that's facing the camera but the back side of it's a little bit you know rough but that's fine um, how, how long did the tacking the fabric on take? Like a couple of hours. It was fit, it was annoying. Um, mm. but so it, yeah. all it meant was that you had something to do for the two hours rather than waiting two hours for the paint to dry. Is that how long? I don't know how paint takes to dry, if well, I'm honest with you. you said it took a couple of hours. I didn't want to wait a couple of hours. Okay, I, don't, I, I was assuming I'd have to leave it overnight or something. Okay, fair enough. So, okay, um, fair I don't enough. know. Yes. It, well, it already had a finish on it, so maybe I'd have had to do two coats. And I, just, I was like, I'm just going to... And I quite like the aesthetic of it as well. And I quite... Yeah, it's sort of... It's nice to have a soft thing. It sort of goes with the wall a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, good, good. And yeah, I'm very excited. It's nearly done. And I sort of... The back wall I was struggling with. And then I thought, well, why don't I just put all of my things that I've made up on the wall? Like all the album artwork and all the... Um, 
bits of projects that I don't know. I've even got a couple of Ubuntu CDs on there. Have you? If you can imagine that. Um, I've still got a couple of Ubuntu CDs. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I kind of I went, I sort of took some CDs out and sort of put them on the shelf instead of like lots of stuff that I've been carrying around in boxes for years and years. That's yeah. all just like little scraps of things. I just emptied everything out um, and just you know reassessed the organisation of everything. Um, I had a fun chat. I had an interesting chat with an uber driver on sunday oh yeah somalian uber driver and he told me about you know why he left somalia and just how he, he was just sort of scared to you could just get shot in the street so he kind of like left and i um you know, i tried to be a good english person and say yeah people are feeling making you feel welcome and he told me about um sort of how uh, it's a muslim com- country so um everyone has to drink in secret so you on Friday on Thursday night. So Friday's the weekend. So on Thursday night, you lock your front door, put the key somewhere, and then sort of sneak a little bottle of beer and kind of have that. Um, and he also told me about how there's just marijuana just growing on all the verges of the roads. So people just sort of plant it there and then just go and pick it and then sort of smoke the hashish. So I sort of had an interesting, yeah, little chat there. Did you tell him about our podcast? Uh, I didn't know. <laughs> I, I told a taxi driver about our podcast this week oh was he uh did you subscribe him or just uh i don't well, i couldn't he was driving so <laughs> he was a bit busy but i did he did repeat the name back to me a couple of times so he no, might listen good. we had a nice chat about about hope mm. i also listened to the whole of malcolm gladwell's podcast uh which is very good it's sort of like two seasons of like six or seven episodes or something and um lots of thoughts and ideas came out of that and even some sort of potential kind of issues with some of our conclusions not too much but um what yeah, are so you I'd suggesting we might be wrong i'm suggesting we might be wrong <laughs> now well there was one you know we talked about humor and um yeah, like, yeah if yeah. you're going to tell the truth do it with comedy and he was talking about the trouble with you know that some very popular comedians that have done that on sort of American television and then afterwards have sort of said yeah I mean it didn't work though (laughs) about whether or not it actually works and also how toothless Saturday Night Live kind of gets where you know Tina Fey's Sarah Palin impression it's it's I mean yeah do the satire but then don't get Sarah Palin on to like gurn like bring her in on the joke like what what the hell you know so it's sort of so I, I think like I don't think we're talking about being quite so toothless, but yeah, also talked about some some Israeli satire on there that just I think if we, if you're going to do it, you have to just go hard, and like just you, you can't kind of pull any punches. Um, it can still be funny, but you just got to really kind of. Yeah, I think I think I I did listen to that episode and it made me think about our media episode where we were going hey, be be funny. Make people mm. listen. Um, but uh, but I think part of the point that he was making was that at first, listen, it's funny. <laughs> mm. And then it isn't. Yeah. <laughs> then okay. it's like, oh. I mean, my, uh, the thing it reminded me of listening to that was the way, because um, a lot of, I think there's a couple of things about this. Like you do actually need to stop and think about these things. And there's there's a superficial listening or reading of anything. And then there's the, pausing to think about it thing mm. that one of the films we used to watch over and over again in my family was coming to america 
But my father thought it was hilarious or he would always, always make a stop and listen to things like when the, I can't remember the Eddie Murphy character's name, but he'd stand on the balcony and go, look, how free, how free is this country, America? People can throw garbage everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) And it's that sort of like, you know, then we'd have to have being brought up in my house. You'd then have to have a conversation about what it means, mm. <laughs> what the author was trying to say. <laughs> but there is a bit of that, you know, things to make you laugh superficially. Have you been watching Kunk on Britain? I know, I, I'm not a huge fan of that character. So I think we sort of started it, but I just think it's a bit forced. But is there some good stuff? There, there are some say? good bits, definitely, of that. And it is properly holding up a mirror to... Okay. Well, yeah. I just felt it was a bit on the Ali G side at times. It's just like I'm saying something to sort of annoy an academic, but it's not it's not really achieving anything was my feeling. But I'll, I'll give it a second look. I'm not sure that they're not in on it. Well, I mean, they're sort of in on it, but they're not funny people themselves, are they? So it's, <laughs> it's sort of whether or not it's still a bit like... Mm. Well, um, I thought, anyway, I don't think that's the... Anyway, I think yeah, it's quite, no, no, quite I'll, a I'll good give it little a look if you're um, But I did, I did listen to the Malcolm Gladwell thing after you um, <laughs> How many? mentioned Just it. What, um, I didn't do a full binge, but yeah, I probably I did. did four or five. I enjoyed okay, the, right. the basketball one. Yeah. Um, the, the I did listen to the satire one. Uh, what was it one. about the basket? Because I sent you to the basketball ball yeah, one, you right? Did. And I, I'm trying to remember why now. It was uh, <laughs> about, even if you're... It was about the fact that even if we know something is a better way of doing something, you have to be a particular kind of person to go against the grain. There was something in there that, for me, it was <laughs> it was about that, that threshold conversation of how many people need to be doing something for me or you to be doing something. And and I, I um, yeah, it kind of made me think, like, what do, am I that brave? I kind of think of myself as sort of fairly individualistic and sort of, coming to my own conclusions but then when I think of my artistic output I do have a little bit of a I kind of want to see that someone else is doing something a bit like it before I fully commit uh, but maybe I should just I mean that's probably a limiting thing to do um, but also you know people what we're doing with this and some ideas we're talking about on this is like do we it's, it's well it's good that we've got each other to bounce off at least so that's like a a threshold of one in some cases. <laughs> yeah. I think my threshold is one. It's like, even if that one is sometimes someone a bit abrasive, but then that gives me, not you, I'm, but someone that can um, give me permission to then say what I, you know, what I would otherwise be afraid to say. Um, but I, I kind of, I want to, I sort of want to be a zero. I, it's like, what's the point yeah. of being a one threshold person? <laughs> it, yeah. I, like you're losing out on all the benefits of being like a 10 threshold person but not really getting any of the benefits of being that zero person well i um i think we need to say what the threshold thing is yeah oh, okay. uh, yeah is, like how well, many people no. you have to see doing something to copy well, you know, to do you it. Have said it. i was yeah. just i love the example of like your granny would probably mm. wait till everybody she knows was demonstrating on the streets before she joined in yeah, whereas through a rock <laughs> or through a rock that was the example yeah. but um but I thought, but I, what was interesting to me was the way it applied to, so obviously I, I was, I thought about it in the context of demos I've been on and things I have done or, you know, sort of a le- the level of activism, for lack of a better word, that I'm willing to participate in. 
Like, you know, I can't, I'm not going to give up my whole lifestyle and become a, you know, sleep in my van in order yeah. to, well, you, I'm not, you know, that's not, that's too far for me. Um, but, but then I don't know to what, to what degree society would need to degrade for me to do. I don't, just don't know. So maybe I was thinking about my own participation in uh, political statements, demos, that mm. part. And I've been to some very, very small demos um, so mm. I think on some topics, my threshold is quite low, but I'm not going to start throwing rocks that easily, actually throwing rocks. But, I, but what struck me as interesting was this example of um, this basketball player. So the example he used was the fact that if you do an underarm throw for your free points in basketball, you're much more accurate than if you do an overarm throw and an overarm throw though is stylish and an underarm throw is counted as a granny throw for yeah. lack of a that was the phrase used yeah. um, and the fact that even though statistically everybody knows that an underarm throw will get you loads more points you will have a much better hit rate la 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 people don't want to do it they don't want to be the person doing it and I was thinking about this in the context of looking after the environment you know, we, we're, uh, we're yeah. on a threat, you know, like we all, lots of people have recycled for many years, but the majority of people haven't recycled for many years. The majority of people haven't been thoughtful about how much plastic they consume. Um, do you know what I mean? You know, so, so, but I think the threshold, but it takes a David Attenborough to put a TV show on where a seahorse is clutching to a plastic straw and suddenly there is, there is a big shift of it's no longer you know hippies that worry about plastic yeah. now everybody worries about plastic mm. so you know i think it's I, I do think there's something interesting in that idea that is presented yeah. and it's, this... it's social proof as well but yeah. certainly i think if i just saw someone else with a keep cup or people see someone else with a keep cup or something then they're going to feel a lot more like because it's that sort of school children thing as well it's like you've got to have the right trainers you've got to have the right um yeah. like bag or i don't know that you kind of there's that kind of like anxiety of conformity that it's, it's hard to and whether or not but and it's also kind of like whether or not you're, I don't know, like you're too poor to be able to have yeah, well, the good I mean, shoes or like... In many, in my childhood and upbringing, I was often the kid with the wrong shoes. Mm. You know, so it's like, a, I mm. think that... And the, the example of that basketball player that they gave that did the underarm throw, Yeah, it was his father that sort of went, no, son, <laughs> you know, they'll not be laughing if you're hitting a 93% hit rate you know, so mm. it, it's that being like my dad used to say to me, I remember coming home going, oh, I got a B on a math test. But don't worry, nobody got an A. It was really no. hard. It's like, I'm not really interested in anybody else. Like, why didn't you get an A? But, you know, there's something about learning about th thresholds and doing something because you know it's right. Yeah. Um, this is um, this is a problem. This is this is something I was told about sort of advertising music. You need that that. that social proof you kind of the best way to get someone to listen to what I'm doing would be to have someone they trust tell them that it was acceptable to enjoy it to like so I think it, people yeah. kind of like they, they're like uh. and in fact like a friend someone at work um sort of sent me his uh his sort of spoken word narrative project that he's doing he's like done sort of hip-hop stuff in the past and but now he's um sort of doing this and he's sort of telling these stories and it's really really 
earnest, but then has some slightly sort of silly stuff going on at the same time. So I, I thought I was just loving it because it was so earnest, but sort of really funny as well. And and then I sort of started saying that to him. I was like, I think it's really like funny what you've done here. And he was like, and then I sort of had this, uh, oh no, what if he didn't mean it to be funny? Um, <laughs> what have I just said? And then sort of thinking about that in terms of what people, and I mine's so much more subtly, you're supposed to laugh at it, but like it probably is completely, you have no idea. But um, even there where I thought it was pretty black and white that this was the reaction I was supposed to have and allowed to have, I when I sort of went to him, he sort of gave me permission to, you know, find it funny, but he hadn't done that deliberately at all but i mean that's you know that's talking to the artist that's a different thing to but he did say other people had sort of said similar things as well um but, i don't know. yeah i mean i think that's one thing i learned from talking to andre about art so much was that um you don't have to like it <laughs> you know <laughs> the fundamental you know that sort of like if you're looking at a, if you're walking around an art gallery i think you know places like art galleries are very intimidating if you because you're i think we are led to believe rightly or wrongly that you need to have a degree of knowledge in in the subject matter in order to fully appreciate and mm. enjoy it but without that you are allowed to go do you know what i don't i don't really like this mm. or I really like this. I don't know why. I don't, you know, I can't explain the ju juxtaposition of images or the use of colour <laughs> or the clever brushstrokes, but I like this and that's okay. I don't care. Yeah, um, art is a but... prickly one for people to feel confident to actually express their opinions and there's a lot of Emperor's New Clothes yeah. uh, going on, I think. Um, but, uh, but yeah, but I think there's this sort of social proof and what does everybody think is a quite... And I, I do think... That it leads us into kindness. Yeah, okay. Quite happily. Oh, well, do you want to tell me about your week, though? Oh, yes, I could tell <laughs> you about my week. On the subject of the constant war against plastic, Yeah. I have purchased a... Uh, a what I, cause I've been looking for a soap dish. <laughs> okay. <laughs> because bars of soap are the best way to not have a plastic container in your house for your shower gel. Yeah, we changed that. And uh, but I've got a problem with soggy so bars of soap. I don't like it. And most all my memories of the the pre shower gel life <laughs> was scuzzy soap dishes. But I found one that uh, 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 suctions onto the wall and is made of metal and white, so the soap can go back in it and water can drip out. And there's no reason for the soap to be sitting there getting soggy. I so like I am delighted. Mm. <laughs> I like my soap. Thing is, like, we've got a couple of... Sharon's been on the soap dish thing, but um, there's a certain point with a bar of soap where I kind of want the bottom of it to be a little bit kind of sitting in some water for a bit so I can stick it to the next bar of soap. Oh. Uh, <laughs> like, that's the only problem oh, no. when there's too much drainage. It's hard to, like, start, you know, sticking those bars of soap together. What so, are we going to yeah. do? So, like, when the soap's getting... Uh, older, I'll kind of put it on the edge of the bath, and then so that it'll be ready for the, by the next shower. Stick it to the. <laughs> stick it to, I don't think Sharon's well, aware of this, and so she keeps tidying it up, probably. But I'm like Sharon, <laughs> I'm doing something. <laughs> I'm engineering a solution. Um, yes, so that was my. Uh, so yes, we're 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 surely but slowly but surely moving over to a to a soap only environment in our house mm. um, but there's a few hand soap dispensers to use up before we can 
fully commit. Mm. Um, and I, then, I was in a billionaire's penthouse this week, right, and yeah. his hand soap was wonderful. It's the best hand soap I've ever smelled. Really? It was in a big sort of square container. It didn't have any branding on it, so I don't know what it was, but it was just, uh, yeah, it was one of these kind of bathrooms where there's individual little kind of hand towels that you just take one and then throw it in a basket after you've dried your hands kind of thing. It was, in his uh, house, not yeah, in, in a hotel. Yeah, in his house. Well, it was very, it's sort <laughs> a of, bar. it's a little hotel-ish, this place. Right. Like, there's kind of a conference table. Um, so I think, but it's, yeah, it's just this penthouse uh, by the Design Museum. But um, yeah, that was some fragrant um, hand soap, I have to say. <laughs> All right, so kindness. Kindness. Um, are, we, are you a kind person? I think I am. I think I've been unkind to people in the past and felt bad about it. And try to not do it again. How do you know when you're being unkind? Well, I think I know because it may, I feel bad. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but sometimes they cry. Uh, well, uh, I mean... That's mm. usually a good indicator. There's something about being in an office in a work environment that sometimes, even though I am conscious that, for example, somebody m- might be having a very tough time in their private life and you need to cut them some slack. There is also something in me that says, if you can't, if there's something going on with you that prevents you from doing your job effectively, then you might need to withdraw for a bit and yeah. deal with what's going on and then come back or make it clear that you can't do the thing that you would normally be able to do and ask us ahead of time and then we'll help. But... You know, that sort of being let down by somebody and on the one hand feeling very sympathetic because I know something's going on, but on the other hand going, I'm sorry, but now you've now we're all fucked. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we've all the project's gone wrong for everybody now. So I, I find it a bit difficult to then not let my anger be visible well, or my thing, disappointment. Yeah, you and you try and give someone the benefit of the doubt and you sort of say, you know, I'm sure there's I I I kind of say like I'm sure there's some reason for this I'm sure but yeah. you just have to say look but when someone sort of like is dropping the ball a bit but then they're not even sort of asking for forgiveness for that they're not even sort of acknowledging that and if it's if it sort of keeps going you're kind of like yeah you do tend to get a bit stretched on like how much doubt you want to give them but as soon as someone sort of like acknowledges I don't know sometimes I kind of I can be kind up to a certain point, but then the anger takes over and I kind of need them to sort of admit like some sort of accountability in the equation just to let me kind of reset a bit. Yeah. Um, I mean, I I distinctly remember making a project manager cry and then later finding out because I wasn't particularly, you know, I'd not worked with her before and later finding out that her partner had cancer and I was like, Mm. Now, I feel really bad, but if you'd have just told me that you couldn't do the thing that you were going to do, I would have been very sympathetic. I'm happy to do, you know, I'm happy to help. But so it made me, I felt really awful. Uh, Sometimes I am kind (laughs) to avoid that horrible feeling of knowing that you've been been unkind. Perhaps we're missing a definition of 
what being kind is. What is kindness? What is it? You've got to be cruel to be kind. Yeah, that um, kind of statement made me think. <laughs> that, that's what, what I was thinking when you said, bit. you know, yeah, yeah, they're getting a bit teary, but I do need to tell you this because you need to... I'm telling you this, well, like my child I, telling me it's unkind to tell her to go to bed on time. Sometimes it's kinder <laughs> to, you know, to tell someone how they're affecting you than it is to just sort of, like, be angry at them and not tell them. Yeah. I think kind has an implication that they are... You could be angry with them, but you're mm. choosing not to judge why they're in the situation they're in. You're helping them not be there. Do you think it's angry? Do you think that's... I don't know. It's like... Angry or just any negative... I mean, you could be, like, disgusted or you could be... Yeah, you that's know, true. There's other sort of negative emotions, I suppose, that it's a decision not to kind of make take that negative emotion out on someone. But even, I guess, that they're making you feel, that they could be making you feel. It's a decision to kind of, like, protect them from sort of what they're doing to you just to kind of give them a bit of space. So my, my issue with kindness... It's hard to be kind for when if you feel like you're coming from a position of weakness, when you you don't feel like you're coming from, like, who am I, to, I? You don't feel like you can be kind unless you feel like you've got some sort of high ground or something in the first place. Otherwise, you're just being, I don't know what it is, if, if you know, if you I don't have the power in the equation. I remember being in my early 20s and having a, I think I was much, less kind or more likely to be unkind when I was li younger mm. and more likely to judge people. So for example, I remember having this boss who she used to, and bearing in mind, this was maybe my second programming job. So I was very low down the pecking order. Not, and as far as I was concerned, she was getting paid loads of money. She was the manager. She was my manager's manager, but she was always moaning and, and, crying yeah. <laughs> I was just like look I get you know you're having some problems but you're at work now and it's <laughs> I you know I don't care I think that's it mm. like I was like I don't, I don't really care about you. it's not my job to care about your problems I don't care about you. so but maybe now I think as I've got older regard you know I mean it's just I think I'm just more aware that for example somebody can be very high in a position of power in your life and on the surface of it be you know, wealthy, set up, la, 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 but just maybe suffering from depression or having some sort of a thing where you still can be kind to that person, mm. even though they're in the, you know, in a, in a power structure, they sort of, yeah, sort of, above they kind of don't deserve your yeah. kindness is possibly a very <laughs> stupid thing to say, but do you know what I mean? Like, you don't yeah. owe them kindness, but if you truly are a kind person, then you should be kind to them. There's, um, like you said, judgment there. And I, I yeah. sort of almost think like kindness is sometimes making the, dis you know, you could you could just close the book on someone, couldn't you? And go, that's them. Yeah. And so, but being kind is sometimes, okay, I'm going to keep the book open for a bit longer and kind of give yeah. them a chance to redeem themselves or see if there's some level on which we can kind of go a bit further. And I don't just have to sort of, um, yeah. But Never I mean, mind. it's like so. So you you read about all these councils coming up with solutions to stop rough sleepers, like spikes in doorways, <laughs> and you know extra. Oh yeah, but, but they do stuff like this, and that's fundamentally, in my view. Never mind anything else. It's unkind. Mm. That is not kind because mm. you, when you look and speak to somebody who is sleeping rough on the streets. Something has happened to that person to get them to that position. 
in life and you know it you can't just you can't ignore that i found something well, that makes noise it's oh good <laughs> there's um it's well it's like vilifying drug use yeah uh, as opposed to treating it as a you know an illness yeah um uh, or a choice um and so yeah sometimes it's just you know ignorance that leads to that unkindness and maybe you don't know you're being unkind because you don't know that you're ignorant about something that's true um but for the person on the on you know having suddenly their little kind of uh tent pitch has spikes in its way it's like um thankful the because uh, there's bbc3 made a tv show which i think is on a repeat you know the still ongoing um that's filmed with female rough sleepers in brighton Right. I watched the first episode because somebody who does the social care for rough sleepers told me about it, and I just sat there. You just, I just cried. It's mm. so sad, you know. The it, these these yes, a lot of them were taking drugs. They were, you know, there was all sorts of things, but they didn't get there out of nothing. <laughs> you know, it's like yeah, they're, they're not doing it just for a laugh because they're gonna, I don't know, get free benefits. It's like the, it's the cheapest and only way to deal you know like drugs are kind of the last resort of you just feel so you just it's the only way that you don't feel like you know horrible yeah so it's like yeah if you don't you need to lean on that if you're you're in a comfortable situation um but it's it's kind of your only resort it's the cheapest way to kind of feel you know short term feel a bit better about yourself but the, yeah the problem is it's sort of like quite damaging as well like in, it damages your chances of getting out of that i like the fact that the kindness is associated with generosity in that right that, because i think you can be emotionally generous you can be generous with your time you know like instead of yeah. tutting when somebody's at the till and they've dropped their money or their kids screaming just not tutting is kind <laughs> you know even that is the beginning of kindness you could offer to help them but if you don't want to extend your kindness that far simply not rolling your eyes and tutting what is do a you good do start. when the guy rolling his eyes and tutting is a homeless man behind you in the queue which happened to me the other day <laughs> you still <laughs> go like, fuck's sake jesus i'm like i'm, I'm uh, i don't know what to i'm just gonna <laughs> were, were you the I'm one doing. that was slow packing no i was the person in front of me that was being slow and then i was there and then this guy i don't know well, i think clip, yeah. i think what's hard there's this kind of there's this scale there's being you know not there's not tutting there's offering mm. to help the person and then there's defending the circle, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. turn, you know, and I think each of us are different. We have a, um, I am more and more teaching myself to be the person that goes, can I help? Let me, should I hold the baby while you do that or, or whatever it is? Um, I have, I am not always brave enough to turn around to the tutter and go, <sighs> What? Um, and there's even quite a few videos going on at the moment and instructions that say, for example, if you are on a bus and you see somebody being racially abused or attacked or something, mm. the best thing to do is actually to talk to the person, who, the victim, right? not the aggressor, because it disempowers them. So you you, you, you sort of say to them, hi, yeah, them how are you? Else to do. <laughs> it's just like, it's just basically, you okay? Can I come and sit next to you or whatever? It Just to sort of, but give your full attention to the victim. Mm. Maybe that's why actually turning around to the tutting person isn't the thing to do mm. um, because that in itself is quite an aggressive act. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's um, no way that's going to I think my sister's smoothly. much braver than me in this context. She's more likely to go, what's your problem? <laughs> <laughs> well, we get back to that sort of like, are you going to change anyone's mind by like, you know, you need to also be in a mindset where you're actually trying to change their mind rather than just trying to kind of tip, for, you know, I'm yeah, going to yeah, make yeah, you yeah. feel bad in exchange, you know, yeah. to get you back, you know. Yeah. Whereas actually just helping the person who's struggling. Um, Nick and I were walking out of Brighton Station the other day and a lady had stopped and was sort of clearly in pain. She was holding on to a bike rack and I was mm. like, are you okay? She said, she just said, yeah, it's just my back after I've sat on the train for a long time. It takes me right. a while to get moving. But, you know, I do. So she didn't want any help, but we paused for a second and said, you know, can we? But it's it can be a bit. And I think people get sometimes taken aback if you offer to help them. Like, no, no, no. So maybe something something about kindness, being generous without expecting reciprocity. Yeah. You know, so that's like not a transaction. It's just a one way here. I'm going to help you. Yeah. But that's how do you kind of like let the other person know that you're not expecting? How do you kind of enter a situation with you sort of need a badge that says I'm just. I'm not, I don't want anything. Or is it, could you say like, I don't know how, you, how socially you do that. You just kind of, without just, I don't know, it feels, it feels a bit like weird. Well, I think it's a bit about, um, so, you know, in this sort of context, there's something about you not needing to be thanked. So, mm. for example, in that sort of random act of kindness, like I think in San Francisco, they do a thing where you can sort of pay forward for a crossing on the on the Golden Gate Bridge. Okay. So it's sort of so you, the person in receipt of the of the random act of kindness or this pay forward things people do in sh- coffee shops where you can pay ahead of time and a homeless person can come in and have a yeah. free coffee and that kind of thing, you know they 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 don't know that it was you, Michael yeah. Forrest or yeah, you, yeah, Bank anonymous Magic. It's just kindness, anonomous. Yeah. It's just like a, a faceless. It's just somebody in the world has done something nice for me, and. Um, so I think there's a bit, I mean, obviously if you're just, if you're seeing somebody struggling with a bag, help, you know, there's, you can't anonymize that other than to just yeah, yeah. help them and then go, bye. Just te- <laughs> not tell them your name. Yeah, exactly. Tell them a fake name. Or, you know, well, just not get into that. <laughs> Here you go. Right. Have a nice time. I remember my sister. By the it, way, uh, I'm Steve. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to thank Steve in tomorrow's minute, no. But I think, you know, there's this, this why I think kindness is relevant. So we got to kindness because we were talking about trust. We were like, yes. right, the next obvious topic is clearly kindness. And there's something, you know, the, there are examples of an absence of kindness in our government at the moment and the way things are working. Like this whole thing about the Windrush generation of people who have been here their whole lives or come here as children mm. and are suddenly, it, as we've discussed previously in this society where you don't have an ID card, being asked to prove something that they can't, 
you know, they can't prove. Mm. And so, and I, I read a headline that said that apparently Theresa May in, in 2013 was recorded saying, look, we'll deport everybody first and then sort it out via appeals. <laughs> like, Jesus Christ. It's <laughs> just like, you know, you've got to laugh because that is just cruel. That is just a total absence the you know it's not just an absence of kindness you're not being that passive person in the queue <laughs> you are no, definitely yeah. tutting if not pushing them over <laughs> it's yeah. like you've dropped all your change on the floor let me help you with that shoulder yeah, barge fucking expensive it is to move house to another country like it's ridiculous well if you've been if before that you got put in a detention center and deported oh, chances are you've probably lost your house Mm. You know what I mean? You know, it's not that so it's... fucking blind. It's ah. Uh... Maybe empathy. Have we done empathy? Something. Well, it's it's bit is a part of a lot of yeah. the discussions we've had. I was just thinking about like that. There is that thing of like a bureaucrat. You know, someone in a bureaucratic organisation in a position of power that that when they're kind, that that I think that can change people's lives when yes. they just go because you you've got a choice. You go well. Where is this yeah. document that you you officially need, and they're sometimes in a position to go. That's cool, yeah. And that that can be kind of yeah. beautiful. That can be you know. And that is yeah. the ultimate hi. Let me help you pick up your shopping. <laughs> mm. Or yeah, here's your. And point I think you yeah, with with all the kind of top down mandates, cruel mandates from your Theresa May's, the people on the ground, you can't take away the fact that they will be face to face with someone, and that kindness will will come through, and it has to. There's no way it can't. There's a there's a woman called Kit Collingwood who does a lot of work for government, and she wrote a blog post about the fact that civil servants need to have empathy mm. as a civil servant. I'll I'll share that. That's quite an interesting read because she talks about exactly that. She says why her article's called Why Civil Servants Should Become Experts in Empathy. Whatever the policy mandate is, bringing empathy into the civil service and making sure people pause um, before they sort of execute a policy without without empathy. yeah well but that's the you get the two different types of people there's the one is like you hit it's, it's okay uh the other side is ah sorry there's nothing i can do there's nothing i can do my hands are tied and some people sort of revel in that don't they but i don't know if you can i don't know i'll have to read this thing but i, I don't know how much you can teach that well i have or, i haven't read it for ages and i can't remember what the, i just remember that she wrote it um so i will also so you just reminded me of it when you talked about mandates mm. um but it is that that uh and even doing something that is uh adhering to it's like you know in this modern world that we live in uh we are required to are uh, you know if you employ somebody if you go you've always got to take your passport now and prove that you have the right to work mm. you know you can't just go yeah michael forrest born in nottingham Forever. therefore london actually london. sorry sorry michael mm. forrest born in hammersmith uh-huh on the no <laughs> father's no um he uh yeah of course yes of course i can work here um you know it's it's we're policing each other which is a bit weird, I think. But, but you know, to Malcolm Gladwell's threshold thing, if I don't think it's a far leap from us all 
policing each other. You know, I, I read this, uh, read another article about the Windrush thing this morning, which was which said that, uh, you know, in a post-Brexit world, they're, they're this banking on immigration as a way of supporting things. Like, look, we're sorting out the Windrush generation. Look, we're being tough on immigration. They hadn't anticipated the public backlash because Britain does not really in its heart consider itself to be a you know racist anti-immigrant country mm. so you know and if you look and suddenly by looking at these people who are who have faces who are british who you live next door to who have been a nurse in the nhs for 50 years all this kind of stuff suddenly this idea of deporting people becomes very distasteful and it mm. makes people feel really bad I don't know if you can be too kind. I don't know. It's a funny, it's a good question because so the kind of things that are coming into my head are those kind of people who martyr themselves. To yeah. other, and you're like, look, you don't have to do this for everybody. Or mm. you don't have to, like, you know, if you're, if you're uh, away on holiday with a group of friends and one person just insists on doing all the cooking and doing all the work, you know, like they just become this person that's there to just, you're like, well, well hang on a minute. <laughs> you know, right. It's your holiday too. You don't have to do this. You can say no. That's not being unkind. You've still got to be kind to yourself. That's it. That's something that we I wanted to talk about. Like being kind to yourself is sometimes the the hardest person is to be kind to for some people. I know some very kind people that are very, very unkind to themselves. Yeah. Um, But before I kind of we sort of unpack that anymore, I just get something that going back to the sort of too kind thing is like, does it always take require resources to be kind well i that's what i was talking about in terms of like time yeah so time you know, that is, is one, a reason like, mm. yeah you it's it tends to be time money uh sometimes the time can be a fraction you know just smiling at somebody who's looking sad or you know yeah. whatever <laughs> well, one of the things that always struck me about my my husband was from the very early of meeting, you know, very early on when I met him, you know, if if he he stops and helps people, you know, mm. uh, you know, somebody with a puncture, you're right there, mate. Do you need a hand? Uh, mm. Somebody, he he'll just always stop, and it's just what he does. Mm. So I don't think he's like I don't think his kindness is of any less value just because. No, but it's that's habitual. Still, no, but that's action. I mean, the action is not doesn't just come for free. Like he's got to stop and take time out of his day and you know do something. So, sure. Um, yeah, that's. I don't know what how small something would have to be to you for you to be able to. I think what's hard in terms of of you know modern living is walking down the street and noticing. Sometimes you know you just. Um, so, you know, if somebody's just dropped something, you know, it's kind of a reflex to go, oh, sorry, I think you just dropped this. And that's, you know, still being helpful and kind, but not really, uh, but you know, you can headphones on, head down, boom, march and not notice people around you who need a a smile or a hand or are struggling with a bag or it's amazing how many, how much people will, if you're out with a pushchair, how often you have to ask somebody to help you up and down steps. Hmm. 
It's just that I find that remarkable because I, oh, I don't know. You know, it's like I kind of find it annoying when people thank me for holding a door open for them or something, but. Then I think I find it annoying if they don't as well. But I'm like, well, what was I going to do? Just let it slam in your face, idiot. (laughs) (laughs) But you're... Like, if I want to help... Like, you know, it's like if if you see someone that there's no one else around and you help them up the thing with the pushchair, it's like, well, you weren't going to fucking get that thing up there on your own. So, you know, I've been kind, but I, you know, I've helped, but... I mean, I'd, what what was I supposed to do? Just walk past and yeah, but you know, people fuck do you, walk you know? past. Uh, well, that's yes, the they thing. do. <laughs> so, well, so... That's why, well, in my example, it's like there's definitely no one else around, and there's no kind of like social proof needed. Like, but yeah, I think like if there's lots of people walking, you know, I don't know if that guy behind you is your husband. You know, it's like it's one of those things where I don't know. I think you've been. I can't decide. Well, I'm trying to be defensive about not helping. (laughs) Oh, is that why you're being defensive about not helping people with pushchairs? With pushchairs, yeah. Oh. But that's part of it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I see. But I'm like, yeah, but it doesn't need everybody to help. She's one person. And if, you know. Yeah, every time. Why are you coming out if you can't deal with a flipping pushchair on your own, Ivanka? Jeez. (laughs) Why do I have to take time out of my day? Well, you clearly don't. <laughs> clearly not. <laughs> no. Well, no, it's the fact you're surprised that no one stops. I'm like, oh, I mean. <laughs> oh, I, I am surprised. I don't see it. I, You know, you've got a person with a with a buggy. I've always had, or like an old granny trying to get off a, or anybody trying to get off a train with a heavy suitcase or. It's like, yeah, you can take the, you shouldn't be out if you can't carry your own Why suitcase. Why did you bring such a heavy bloody suitcase? But it's. Any, even if it wasn't that heavy, it's still easier if two people like, carry it down than one. <laughs> Why is that sort of triggering my kind of entitlement alarms? I don't know. Like, oh, I could just go out. It's because I'm such a like independent person. I expect nothing from anyone. I just like, I will just assemble an IKEA bookshelf on my own in an awkward corner, even if it takes me an extra hour, rather than go and knock on someone's door and ask for help. And and it's sort of, I guess that's what like it's it sort of triggers a little bit of like, well, what the, f-? you know, if you can't be independent, what you know shoot lower like it kind of <laughs> sets that off a bit but like i'm sure i would be a happier person if i if i did like allow myself to kind of rely on hopefully someone else helping once in a while yeah, but you see i think that's the that's quite an interesting the asking for help thing so i know a few people who are very kind or a kind, nice people who never ask for help. And, you know, we can all suffer along. But why? Why suffer along if you I can just I don't like go... asking for help. Why? What's wrong with asking for help? It's just, I just don't like it. I don't know why. It's therapy. Therapy time. It is therapy time. <laughs> what happened in your past that made, that made you, you not ask for help? to ask for help? Like, I don't know. You know, don't know, just actually. go, excuse me, could somebody... <sighs> I'll just do Cheers. it. I'll just you do it. I'll be fine. Think about it differently. Think about what an opportunity you're giving yeah. somebody to feel good because they've helped you. I, I mean, think I have had that conclusion gift. before, but then yeah, it's a gift for you to, <laughs> to get say, the other side Hi, of my. Even you, though I'm not paying you. Would you like to feel better? Yeah, help me with my pushchair. Mm. <laughs> I can make you happy because you know. That's proved by science <laughs> <laughs> that if you help me, it's going to make you feel happy. 
It's um, your lucky, lucky day. They're definitely going to feel like I've got a pyramid scheme for them if I start that, <laughs> an interaction like that. But well, I, think, I mean, most people but... aren't very good at spotting pyramid schemes, so maybe I should just assume that they're... Yeah. Oh, dear. So it's like, <laughs> I think it's that. So so this, the, uh, the Oxford University paper that I scan read at great speed this morning going, oh my God, I haven't done enough research about kindness. <laughs> oh, quick. Uh, basically said... People are sociable animals and helping each other, being kind, random acts of kindness, helping each other are a way of building connections. So if I'm making friends with a new person or somebody, you know, like asking for help and giving help is a way of helping us you know create more connections i've yeah and this is something you know i've i've taken to like i'm going to build an app that reinforces that but i think i've 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 spent all my time thinking about the giving side and never really devoted any thought to the receiving side and the psychology of that mm. um that yeah i have a really hard yeah i've kind of a hard time accepting any help of any sort and i think a lot of people have at some degree of that so that's what kind of yeah. makes it hard to kind of make these things work as well i mean i i mean i'm as independent as the next person but i think things like my back going mm. made me out of sheer necessity go excuse me <laughs> could you pass that down for to me or could you carry this for not to not this i wouldn't necessarily ask a stranger to carry something because I was like, I can carry everything, I mm. can do everything, I can pick everything up, I don't need your help. Um, and certainly small children have that. <laughs> I can do it myself. Six hours later, still no socks. <laughs> um, but uh, but I think it's not a sign of weakness asking, well, I suppose it is. <laughs> My back or is, is it weak. a sign of wanting to do a little bit more? Is it a sign of vision? Of being able to conceive of something larger than yourself. <laughs> Go, please help me. Uh, yeah, I don't know. No, no, this is something I hadn't even. Yeah, this is a new, new you... thing that I hadn't really noticed about. Yeah, it's just the fact that I was like, by a shiv and taking a pushchair onto the bus for the <laughs> love of Christ. Um, well, that's a weird reaction, isn't it? Like. <laughs> Flipping hell, the entitlement of this woman. Um, why is why is, the, is why is my uh, outrage voice is like Winston Churchill's voice? Section. So here's a new here's a new section of the podcast that I want to do every week oh, or okay. you know as regularly as possible. I want to start just seeing if we've got some ideas of some things we could actually do or that we could kind of if we could get enough people interested things that we might be able to do in the world and problems that we might we might want to try and solve. What what are the what is the biggest problem that you know like Elon Musk goes right climate change what can I do? Like, find the biggest problem. Or maybe it's like, find a slightly smaller problem and make a more far-reaching solution to it. Look at the... um, It's so hard to get help on a grander scale. You know, you've got... 
you've got to access the the welfare state some of which you know might take time it might not be appropriate you might just need to find a group of people and everything is so siloed and every charity organization has got a separate little website or a separate little mm. directory or a separate even in, in a city as small as brighton actually getting help for your specific situation is, finding out about available help yeah as well it's it's really it's it's hard and that i mean i think i think those of us like people like you and me who know about technology you like if i if i didn't know about meetups you would tell me about it like we talk about oh have you seen this thing mm. this is new da, da, da. but we're we are and we expect technology to provide us with a solution even the way we yeah. talk to our podcast hosts it's like yeah <laughs> we could do this but do you do this? Yeah. <laughs> Have you got a button for this? Because our expectation of the service that they should offer yeah. is higher, probably. Or we just understand people. what sort of things it could do, yeah. which, you know, most people probably don't. So it's like, uh, so is there is there something about uh, helping? You know, in our technology episode, I think it was, you talked about um, non-technology-afraid people versus non-technology-afraid people, mm. and they'll be... The, the the technology afraid people will sort of cease to evolve you know they'll they'll just be existing separately and differently is there something we can do in that sort of to bring them in use what we know to bring them in because one of the things the other conversations i had uh, in brighton obviously a lot of my knowledge is brighton centric yeah but so for example brighton who Recently, there's been a news article that says we are the most hipster city in the world. Mm. We have 16, 1, 6% of our population can't go online. 16? Yeah, that is almost of twice. Brighton's the, population? Yeah, the national what, average is of adults, the national average is 10%. In Brighton, it's 16%. Why? Well, you know, it's the, I I think that's amazing. And, you yeah, know, for a city that considers, you know, like we host a few tech conferences, we've got a few quite prominent, even famous agencies, digital agencies. We've got the amazing restaurants, Brighton. <laughs> but we have a city that where 16% of our adult population can't get online. And I think, you know, I, you know, we, we that, that is a thing that could be fixed. Uh, not necessarily yeah, for bright the freaking munici- municipal wi-fi and i guess you need a device you need but, a yeah, device come on, like it is about egg. what it is about a lot of it there is a strong strong element of device and uh connectivity for sure yeah uh, which i think money can solve completely however mm. there and is also the fear yeah just not knowing not knowing not what to it. do i mean i've i've uh, i've i had I have arranged to to meet. I need to follow up properly. the The person who heads the team here, like the they're a not for profit, uh, but I think council funded that is working on. They run courses in the library and tries to get try to get people online. But the interesting thing that um, uh, he told me is that often you're going to organisations and talk to the staff, and the staff, while perfectly able to use the bit of technology that they have to use for work outside of that don't use technology so they're not technically digitally Mm. excluded but they 
won't shop online, for example, or they're yeah, afraid. Don't see the value. They don't see like no. oh, fine. I've always been fine without it. Um, yeah, I don't need that. Oh no, uh, but then they'll steal your identity or whatever. You know, or yeah. I, valid fears. Don't get me wrong, but uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, you have to know what you're doing. You don't write to, your yeah. password out on a bit of paper and put it with you on the front of your phone, like um, no. Which, but uh, yeah. but I. Uh, I mean, I was. I, my grand plans yeah. are: can we just set up a, just buy an island and set up a new country with a proper computer system and proper uh, welfare state? <sighs> Bring a few hundred people on, just kind of a new country. I think this is this is the other thing <laughs> I was thinking about, and I can't remember what triggered. I don't know if I was listening to something Malcolm Gladwell was going on about, or I was listening to the draft of our podcast. I can't remember, but there's a thing about legacy systems and older societies that just makes. I think I was listening to the bit where I was going on about how hard digital transformation is, and yeah. that it's just a, a lot of it is just a slog. Yeah. But the slog involved when you've got, you know, in the public sector contracts that last for five years 10 years 15 years you've got to wait for these things to expire and then the amount of effort involved in shifting them is just and then you know you've got to set up a program board and a project board and another board and a this board and a that board and yeah okay all these controls need to be in place but we're not able to be at all nimble if you've I just got want to start from scratch i've had enough um like no no more laws all laws uh started from uh, like a, a a data style procedural, I don't know, something declarative language that can then be automatically kind of understood. No lawyers. Yeah. Um, autom- just make good investments in things that lots of people need. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Share them like a crowd crowd sharing kind of like equipment and stuff like i love that tool like you can borrow a tool from yeah. like a like a you know like a equip thing libraries for objects like books it's not so much but like thing libraries would be really handy like yeah definitely um, then um and then just uh like this is um this is actually a conversation i've been having at work was like we're, you know we're setting up like contracts on the blockchain and you know you sell shares in your company and they are kind of embedded in the blockchain and transferred on there. And But then there's a lot of kind of hair being pulled out about fitting in with the existing legalities or legal infrastructure or like kind of fitting it in, fitting cryptocurrency stuff with uh, fiat currencies, which I, you know, pounds, dollars. And I just think they don't mix and you just have to kind of jump into the lawless world and just kind of embrace that and see what emerges. But like even just, um, you know, you start from like crypto and see where you see where you um, see what emerges when no one can enforce anything from the sort of legacy land. Um, And hopefully, you know, you still get institutions trusted, like new ways of establishing relationships um and kind of accountability but this they don't have any of that legacy of the um you know volumes and volumes of legal precedents and which but the trouble is like all oh, that's important as well but maybe you could like import that in as test cases and then just see how well your systems that much more effectively concisely designed systems perform against all of that kind of volume of test cases i'd be interested to get and do something legal at some point but i've, I've got no background in it no understanding of it <laughs> 
<laughs> but, <laughs> but I feel like the next thing we could automate out is the legal profession because it's just because it's, it's just they're being computers, but computers should be computers. I've got a I've got a very tax, tech savvy lawyery friend that maybe I should put you in touch with. Okay, have a chat with her. Um, I did just uh, I you know I think you know on the subject of thresholds, my uh, my my threshold for sort of dramatic change or you know scrapping everything and starting again mm. very hard yeah i'm not i'm not, I'm not going to be a early adopter of that approach new new island new island new planet no i don't know why that kind of doesn't sit with my with me don't know yeah, but well, not even brexit wasn't even enough of it for me i was like okay fuck this i want a new island no. <laughs> a new place no we've spoken before about yeah. my you know health threatening loyalty levels you know just just don't give up that easy i'm not saying that that's giving up easily but i just you know i'm a that's not i am i am someone that tries to advise other people that sometimes rebuilding from scratch isn't always the right answer and it's something that programmers want to do a lot like something gets to a certain level of like difficulty to maintain and the first impulse is we've just got to start again but then you just end up spending a load of time ending up with a slightly different set of things that are really painful to maintain. David, I'll link to a David Hennemeyer Hansen, the creator of Ruby on Rails, which is a popular programming pl- framework, which is a way of writing code where someone else has done some of the work for you. Um, <laughs> just, just that's what that is. Um, definition. But he talks about, you know, legacy. We have this idea that legacy code is this terrible thing, but it's not the code. The code didn't get worse. You just got better. Um, yeah. So you don't just kind of don't hate the leg, don't yeah, hate don't, your former no, self, no. but just and also just don't throw everything away just because now you do it in a different yeah. way. Um, so I kind of have to remind myself of that. Like yeah. sometimes you can sort of incrementally improve something, and you just have to yeah. kind of do one chunk at a time. I, I was um, speaking to a developer about this this week. He was a bit frustrated. He was like, "Now that I've done it, I know I should have done it completely differently." I was like, "Well, <laughs> that's fine. That's normal. <laughs> you know, that means you learn and you were analysing. We're good. Leave it." <laughs> it's like, uh, but yeah, that sounds like something. A link I should send him. I was reminded when you were talking about thing libraries on uh about this mm. um uh, uh, uh somebody i used to work for started a thing called ecomodo and i was going to send it to you as a there is this thing and that's like a lending library of things a citizen to citizen type thing um but yeah i see that they've they've closed it and in 2015 <laughs> i did occasionally dip into it I never used it. I looked at it because I knew it existed and it sort of fits with what I do. But like I've spoken before about the Facebook group in my neighborhood and it is even with strangers, you can do a, has anybody got a that I can borrow for the afternoon? Mm. And often you will get a very quick response um, and then you can just, you know. Has anyone got a... Well, I borrowed a juicer before because somebody kept telling me I needed to do juicing. And I was like, mm. yeah, I bought one of those gadgets before and I get into it for a bit and then I don't use it. So I'm going to borrow one because I bet someone else has got one in a cupboard that they haven't yeah. used. Um, and I got, I got offered three. Uh, There's loads of things like that. Yeah, so loads of... Every, loads. Of, but, so, but the idea of this, this Ecomodo thing, it'd be interesting to get in touch with her on her analysis of why it didn't work. And then mm, yeah, or why they yeah, closed yeah. it, and then maybe have another go at that, <laughs> because that's quite. I you know I'm, and I'm all up for things that 
because that has an element of community in it. Yeah, that's um, community. It's eco-y. It is eco-y yeah, because it's you know not stuff. we don't a street of twenty doesn't need twenty drills that only get used once a year to put up a shelf. Yeah. Um. So I've got three drills. Have you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Partly because I lived in another country and I didn't have my drill with me, but yeah, I don't know why I needed the other one. Well, you know, you should freak all that shit. Somebody might need yeah, one. Yeah, but then you've got to fucking deal with people that can't spell. <laughs> you are such an ass. I know. But it's so frustrating. You know, like you get you get that message. It's like you send them in the postcode and they're like, where's that? And you just go, I don't I can't, I can't be fucked with this. <laughs> <laughs> I know, oh. I know. I mean, bad person. You are a bad person. Fucking hell. Just, can you just spell? That's not how apostrophes work. <laughs> That's why I'm not even. I'm not indulging this. I'm going. I uh, I gave away a few things at the weekend. They went quite quickly. Again, I seem to give away good stuff because it goes like, shoo. Well, yeah. <laughs> but I did Google this thing. It was a sound bar for a TV that I got free with yeah. a projector, and uh, I just don't need it. And I've, I'd been mm. meaning to give it away to a family member, but nobody wants it. So it's like, all right, it's going. And today I was delighted that I found the remote control for it. So that's good. And then I've tried to sell two other things because I know they have value. And I was like, no, do you know what? I'm going to put these on eBay. Mm. And then people keep asking me questions about them. I'm like, just, just, do you want it? (laughs) (laughs) It's, and they keep asking me how I put local delivery only because it's quite bulky. And they want to know how much it's going to cost to post it. Like, See, that's the thing. I want to. I like. I like the idea of like social integration with, you know, people I like. I'm gonna. Like. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to give away things to people I like. No, I. I want to give it away to people. I just don't want it to be like because they can't. I don't. I just don't want to have to then run home in the pouring rain because I've got to be somewhere at a certain time and they couldn't give me an ETA until it was already too late and now I'm wet and oh, and they kind of seem to have strange expectations and don't seem to quite appreciate that I've gone out of my way and I'm giving them something for free so what the you know why are you being a dick about it uh, it's like if I if you know if I was if I I just need to meet one like person I like doing this and you know then it's fine but like I just keep miss, meeting people I'm like oh, for fuck's sake mate <laughs> Um, uh, so yeah. it's just safer to just uh, shut myself off from the world and never talk to anyone. It's much safer to just send, put out a podcast and just, you know, uh, leave it hanging. Re- just say a rhetorical podcast, rhetorical songs. I wrote some lyrics this week. Did you? Quite a lot. Um, oh. Which was interesting. I was listening to a rapper um, talking about his life and I was like, I haven't really talked about my life. And I think if I someone asked me, what's this album about? And I said, oh, it's about this experience that I had. That's quite an unusual experience. I think people would be like, oh, yeah, that sounds interesting. I might, I'd quite like to learn about your experiences. So I started trying to just describe my experiences in songs. Mm. So maybe I'll record some of those and come out with something cool. I look forward to that. <laughs> I like while. it. I've got Somebody. no time ever. But, um, you know. Nobody's got time. So... Did we have any grand plans? Um, Maybe. Maybe we had some ideas. Well, I mean, it's only attempt one. So, yeah, well, um, you know, I think we've got a couple of seeds of possibilities. Things. Also from another um, 
from the other week, I noticed I had a, a couple of pro, little app ideas I started that then I was like, nothing is easy. Um, <laughs> the one like the newsreader that kind of automatically turns the page. <laughs> the, uh, and the um, green, what was it? Green something, little green, like the sort of competitive um, eco awareness, eco actions just like uh, well this person has declined six plastic straws this yeah, month and i've only yeah, done three yeah, just yeah. kind of gamifying and having a high score table of that sort of thing so i kind of i, I kind of bootstrapped two react native projects and then i was like why <laughs> still seems really annoying and it's going to take ages to do any of these so um never mind <laughs> the pick a, pick my battles better you know, before i jump in we'll do we'll do something We'll do this. It's going to be good. New country. I think I think we're done now. All right. Thanks, listener, for listening to our podcast. Um, we hope you will continue listening. And that if you, you know, if you did like it, there are one or two little things that. Yes. I mean, I'm not telling you you have to. But I don't know. Ivanka's got some things she wants you to. Do. I don't care. Like I don't really mind. But she seems to. You know. Do you reckon what what can they do? Well, you do care. Stop pretending. <laughs> I do care more than anything. I would like you very much to subscribe to our podcast. By, and really, truly, you can subscribe everywhere. Spotify, YouTube now. Yeah. Uh, though we don't have it. We actually need... We haven't got our proper URL sorted out yet. We're working on it. But you can find us on YouTube. Uh, obviously, Apple Podcasts. Google Play in America land. Google uh, Play. Everything. Live. Everything. We are everywhere. So there is no technical barrier to you listening <laughs> to our podcast or telling your friends about it. We challenge you to find a platform that we're not on. <laughs> and if you can tell point. us what it is, we will sort we it will out. In fact, what we'll do one better than that, we'll get the marvellous people at our podcast hosting Pippa to sort it out because they're very Pippa. good at io yeah they have been very responsive they have and they add loads of buttons for us which is marvelous uh, so yes so do that and also we if you really really would like to which would be we would be delighted if you would vote for us in the british podcast awards BritishPodcastAwards.com slash vote. It is, yes. Yeah. So search for Ivanka. Vote for search for Ivanka because you know I am unique and special and therefore yes. easy to find. It's all loads of V's and K's that don't come together that often in a <laughs> word no. on a British website. So you can find me, then you can vote for me. And I do know people have been voting for us. And Ooh. to those people, thank you very much. And yes, thank you. I yes. need to keep. I, I, for some reason, in my head, it was like, oh, we did that last week. That's probably over. When's the deadline? 17th when that close? of May. You, 17th of May, can, 2018 is the deadline. Keep so voting. Vote, vote, please, vote. Please, please, Go please. there and help us get on the map. Yeah. Because uh, we put a lot of work into this. We do, and we yeah. enjoy it. And we, we fi- we're now hearing from people who tell us they also enjoy it. So it'd be marvellous mm. to keep doing it. Spread it. And, the love. Uh, yeah. And then maybe you can all help us with come up with some grand plans that are actually going to make a difference in the world. So, yes. yes yeah. Contribute. Tell us when we're wrong as well, more importantly because yeah. we know we might we might be wrong <laughs> we do know that we might be wrong so yes it's please. just with everything I want to start caveating could be wrong about this but uh, where can people find you Ivanka uh, as a person an individual as a human person you can find me at Ivanka on Twitter you can find me 
I am a deluded idiot, <laughs> and my website is michaelforestmusic.com. So thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, help us and vote for us. And we'll see you next time. See you next time. Bye, bye. Bye, bye, bye. Farrell sent me a link to that that sort of plastic straws to be banned in the UK within the next couple of years. He went, the campaign worked. (laughs) (laughs) There we go.